evening, saints. Let's uh, have a time of testimonies, and then we'll do a short thing in the Word. Any testimonies we had tonight? Heidi, then Rochelle, and then Ruby. Uh, mine is about the program, too. I just want to say, well, we were all talking about reminiscing last year, I think, was a program when all the little boys were on the stage singing, God's not dead, no. And then they all fell, <laughs> AJ started it, they all just fell down on the stage, and they're rolling around, and Caleb, Alex, they all just fell down. And I was thinking about that and looking at them this year, and just, they were standing there, and they were singing, and we would say, we would, um, Charmone and I would say, okay, put your hands back here, boys. And they would just try their hardest to stay still, and they would really sing, and it was amazing. And then Anthony, I was just so proud of him because you could actually hear the words coming out. You could hear the sound. It was on key. Like, but it was just such a blessing because I didn't know what to expect this year. And so for my own um, you know, four-and-a-half-year-old to be part of it like that and really sing and have a little part um, that him and Drew and um, Elijah and Alex and, and Caleb and Ethan, they all had that little part. And just to see them do it and say the words and, and said it, and, and it was just such a blessing. And um, I just want you know, all to just be encouraged to see like how young they are and how much they're learning already. And the boys talked to me about it at home. They they really learned um, from the program. They talked about just even Brianna and Riley's acting out of them falling down at Malachi's feet and how he was pretending to be Jesus. They understood that. And they really were connecting it with what I would read to them from the Bible storybook. So I think that's just so cool to see that. And then um, my other praise is just hearing Brian today, and it was just such a blessing. And, um, yeah, Brian, you know, you just really convicted my heart, too, as your wife. And I just think that you do have a gift, and I just praise the Lord for that. I wanted to thank the Lord because last Sunday I had to, um, uh, I couldn't eat any food or do anything because I had a biopsy on Monday. And uh, it was really hard because it was the holiday, and then I just couldn't eat, and I had to watch everybody eat. But um, I just thank the Lord that when I went, I was scared, and it, it just made me think of the message this morning about worrying. And <clears throat> everything went good. And uh, I mean, the doctor, they, everybody was really nice, and the doctor was like, you won't even remember us when you wake up. So <laughs> when I woke up, at, and he told me everything was good, that nothing had to be done, and everything was good, I was so happy to hear that. And, I was so thankful because the Lord has blessed me because I didn't had to have so many different tests this year. Um, first MRI, first CAT scan, then the biopsy. I'm like, I get old and then I had to get all this stuff done. So I just thank the Lord for just keeping me healthy, even though I thought that I was dying and crying. But the Lord was like, no, you're not dying, you're fine. But I just thank the Lord for the results that I've been getting back every time I go to the doctor. Amen. I just want to thank God for because this weather, I won't say nothing, but <laughs> but my sinuses act up, and then I can't see, and so this eye a tear as I be driving, and I get the sun and everything, so I have to watch the traffic, and I'm, I'm going too slow for everybody, so they always speeding around me. And then I look behind me on my way to church this evening, it was this little red sport shiny car behind me and I said look at him he real close to me yet like he can't wait and so he came from behind me and in the other lane of traffic so I said oh he gonna just come from behind me and go left no he didn't go left he came in front of me and went right 
and the light had changed green and I went to go on my gas and then I seen the rear was coming in front of me and I slammed on my brakes and it seemed like I had touched him, but no, he was free. So I just want to thank God for that. I thought you was going to say that somebody poured into turn into our church or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Nope. Mrs. Mrs. Dick. Uh, I just wanted to share that on, on Wednesday night, a couple of weeks ago, um, we're studying Paul's missionary journeys. And a lot of times I try to keep perspective with what the kids are learning and where I'm at and what I'm teaching. But Naomi asked what was really a very astute question. She said, did Paul ever get to Milwaukee? <laughs> well, <laughs> you think about it, and you think, yeah, that's really humorous. But the thing is, they didn't have a conception of where Paul was. So we brought a globe, and I got a hold of some maps for this next week and stuff. And, and to really work with them to help them understand what a small area that they really were able to reach. You know, it really was. Paul went many places, but it was a small area in the world. And you look at that, what God did with that, and where the gospel is now, and how people have tried over the years, every place they could go, to take the gospel message to the whole world. And I know that we all were challenged to take it ourselves, so the world that we're around, which is important, because that's exactly how the gospel spread. That Jesus took 12 men and then with Paul, and with that small number of people in that small location, he spread throughout the globe. And I just thank God, and I just am, I'm kind of overwhelmed by it all when I think about it all. I just, it's amazing that God's faithful. Any other testimonies? Brother Charles? I just want to thank the Lord just for, for, for main thing for this church. Uh, it just seems like with the teaching and the, and the uh, preaching, and even our songs, uh, our challenges, our rebukes, or whatever, however you want to look at it, that's, that come from the leadership. Oh, it come from the leadership. Uh, God has a way in my life anyway to challenged me and what I mean by that is uh, Wednesday night with uh, Lawrence's challenge for giving uh, some of the things that you've taught in Sunday school class with preachers uh, preached about in his sermons during that week I'll read it something that I have a devotion and it be on that particular service it's like last Wednesday with Lawrence's challenge Thursday morning I get up and look at one of my devotional books and it's about tithing or giving uh, your teaching on, on God's attributes on God I, something either on, on TV or song or something to come back about God's attributes and I just thank God just for him co-signing for lack of a better word in my life the truth that I, that I, that's being taught here and Beverly and I we both challenge ourselves in our reading and studying and, and just discussing things that we hear here you know teaching that we hear here and it's just a blessing just to even to have a wife that's, that's godly, that holds me accountable. I hold her accountable. So 
it's not a matter, I know, I think you might have mentioned about being a Sunday morning Christian or a Christian just on Sunday. We challenge ourselves every, every day to, to, uh, to be godly, you know, to be good godly representatives of Jesus Christ. So I just want to just thank, the ch thank uh, God for this church. Amen. Brother Cliff? for the music ministry here and just the, the giftedness and it just it always it just kind of rubber stamps for me knowing that God has a part in this church because we're small and so for the talent to be here for that and just plays and it's just a display of God's grace and uh, the other night and uh, we were in truth seekers one night and they were practicing over here, and, and the Super Tot song came on. <laughs> all the kids from next door ran over here because <laughs> they heard Super Tot. They were all run, they just ran down the aisle and ran up on top of the stage. <laughs> and so that, that was just something to see. It was like God was calling them, you know. <laughs> and they just all ran to the, uh, to the pulpit. But that was, I, I, like I said, the music menu is amazing. Uh, Mickey and how she challenges us and the choir, and Chantel, and Heidi, and just all the choir members, and the praise team members, and that's a blessing. That's, that's offering up praise, so God is, is busy here, and uh, it's just a testimony to what God can do with, with, with the group of people he has. I, we'd be, hey, we'd be on TV if this place was full, I'm telling you. So uh, I just thank God for that, that and, and what a blessing to be a part of. Charmone and then Mrs. Beverly. Uh, Lawrence first. Yeah. I was telling where the mic should go. Oh, I just got to uh, thank God for a lot of stuff. Um, so first my job, I thank God for that because I don't, I can't remember the last time I got up for a job and was happy to go to work and honestly did not want to leave work at the end of the day. The job is amazing. I get to work with some wonderful men and some wonderful people here from the church. Um, I thank God for giving me the, the tools that I needed to do that job while I was here. All of the teaching Sunday school classes and working with people and going to the Bible studies on Thursday nights or Wednesday nights when it was Wednesday night. Um, I feel prepared me for that role. So God knew what he was doing because there's so many things where I'm like, oh, we talked about this at a Wednesday night study or we just talked about this at church as I'm ministering to the guys everything has become very applicable to them. And it's also challenged me to get better at a lot of things, um, specifically in my area of study, because I didn't realize how much I had let that slide. Um, I would read, but I wasn't actually taking in when I was reading as much as I am now, because now I have to dissect it for other people. So you can't really do that if you have a surface level understanding of it. So I thank God for challenging me in that and convicting me for not being as uh, well-versed in my word as I need to be. Um, the second thing, I'm gonna echo about the music ministry here. I, I have opportunity I joined the uh, music at the rescue mission and I will say our our level of commitment here is outstanding because every week I go in there and it's like who's going to show up today are we going to have instruments are we going to have singers and I just praise God for the faithfulness of people here who are committed to doing that week after week and putting in time outside of here because you can see the difference so you sit there and you practice the song and it's like okay the singers are not here then when you get the singers there and then it's like okay we don't have any instruments it makes it very hard to get that cohesiveness. Um, so just be praying for that because we're trying to get that going and get it where it needs to be. Um, I heard it was very solid at one point, and I don't know what happened with that, 
but we're trying to get back to that point because we want to minister to the men through that music. And then um, I got to thank God for my wife. We just celebrated our 10-year uh, anniversary. We went somewhere on Friday into Saturday. Now, all of our plans went horribly awry. It was just like everything that could go wrong went wrong as we went. So we went up there. We wanted to go on this horse ride. We went to the place. It's like tumbleweeds, no people. Like, all right, well, the website <laughs> says they're open and they should be here. No people. Then the snow came. It was like, all right, well, so much for doing anything outdoors, you know, but we were still able to have a good time. We went and played a ton of arcade games, that something we haven't done in a long time. Um, brought back some gifts for some people and everything. So I just thank God for that being a good time. Um, but it just shows that back to <laughs> our vows in ri uh, richer or for poorer, sickness and health, we have gone through all of that in our marriage. And I thank God that it has sustained for those 10 years plus. And I'm looking forward to however many more years we're going to have. The only thing we haven't done in the vows is, is, is die. <laughs> So it's like, we've gone through it all from the bottom to the top. We have done everything, and it's only held together because God is the glue that holds it together. So I just thank God that through, in the midst of all the different trials, that he has kept us together and allowed us to grow closer to one another and grow closer to him as well. Amen. Brother Dick? So to segue off of that, I did everything but die. Yesterday, we had to put our cat down. <coughs> So it's kind of an odd uh, 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 thing I'm trying to bring together here, but I thought about that a great deal since, uh, since yesterday. And I was sitting there wondering about, you know, why death is in the world and why all the good people that I knew are gone now, people who have accomplished things, have done good things, and they're no longer. And then my mind kind of drifts off. And, you know, why does Satan have to be in hell for eternity? I mean, he's in there for a thousand years, isn't that enough? <clears throat> and then realizing how awful death is and connecting that with how much worse sin is and God being so holy and so righteous cannot have any part of sin. Eternity is not long enough for Satan to be punished. That's just my opinion. So it's an odd way to testify, but it was just the way I looked at circumstances yesterday. We've all come in across death in our lives, parents, children, relatives, friends, and if it weren't for Jesus, we'd have no hope. Amen. Sermon. Um, first, I want to thank God for Miss um, Donna, just how she put together the Resurrection Sunday program. That has probably had to be the hardest program to put together because you got to work with all the kids. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about when we put events together, you just got to set something up and hope people come. She's got to <laughs> take control of nearly 30 kids <laughs> to do things in a way that souls succeed. And we know they're kids, so we don't expect... we. They, they do the very best that they can, and they did so well last week. I'm like, one day I'll have a child up there, and I can't wait for that. But I, was, I just want to thank God for her because every year she, she just comes up with it. If she asked me, I would have no clue. I'd be like, they'll get up there, <laughs> sing a couple songs, say a verse verses, and they'll sit back down. She puts little skits together and makes costumes and everything. I was like, she made all that. So <laughs> praise God for her and that creativity because sometimes you don't, uh, kind of we talk about you can't look at a person and always know what's going to come out of them and she still surprises me every year it's like I'm like what's next what's going to happen now and and so I just thank God for that and <laughs> to try to follow what <laughs> Lawrence said <laughs> I do thank God for 10 years um every time I think of 
our marriage and especially the wedding day, <laughs> something always happens. And, um, and it wasn't nothing bad. It was just I knew before we got married, it was just a lot going on in the church and a lot of people who had left and I didn't even know what was going to go on because I'm like, is anybody going to be here? And then so many people still came. And then my best friend had her lovely daughter on my wedding day. And er some people weren't trying to tell me, even though I could overhear them. They're like, she still had a baby. And I'm like, why nobody trying to tell me? Like, <laughs> like I want to be happy too for her. And it was so great. And then Pastor Donna like pulled double duty. They were here. Then they were there. And then they came back to reception. And just a lot of things just were so wonderful that day and it's still good now and yes we've definitely been through a lot of different things and 10 years is no comparison to a lot of these other marriages in here you know what 60 years is the most right now I think and so it's just praise God for that and that's what we're aiming for and um, FYI we're throwing a big party this summer everyone's invited because we just want to thank everybody for their love and support during our marriage it's not a it's not about us it's about God and how he works through us, and I thank God for Lawrence. It's good to see him very happy with his job. It's kind of like now I'm thinking about my job. I'm going to be content in that until God opens another door, but I thank God for using him where he's at because he took a, a large pay cut, And but that didn't matter because his happiness was far more worth than that. And to see him minister to different men and tell me about it, I mean, every day he has a different story, like I talked to this guy today and I met this guy today and everything, and so it's just good to see him in that place and know that he's works, working with other people in the church as well. And I just thank God for everything that he's doing and what he will do and that we just trust in him every day to work things out. Amen. I'd just like to thank God for uh, Brian Christopher's message this morning. I am so proud of pastor's children, how they have grown in the word of God and how they've stayed steadfast in the word and standing strong uh, professing Christ and uh, it's just wonderful to look at them I watched them grow uh, from young kids up to adults get married have children and still serving the Lord faithfully and I just I'm just so proud of them I thank uh, Chantel for this morning uh, what she said about the children coming to uh, Sunday school it's very important that they get a foundation, and the best foundation they can have is Christ. And uh, I think what she said is very important. That way the children are here and the parents are here, so they can go to Sunday school. And I've been coming in Brian's class for the longest, and I've learned a lot on the time that I've been here, 22 years, almost 23. Uh, I've learned a lot about Christ, about the Word of God, how to stand on it, trust and believe in Him, and his word and prayer is very important in this church, which I love. And I never do anything any day without praying before I do it. And I pray for the, Brian and uh, Chantel and Jeremy and his family. I pray for Pastor and Donna. I pray for everyone in this church. We have some elders here that I pray for every day. And I just thank God for this ministry and for the uh, work that goes on here and the teaching of Christ and the teaching of the word and being steadfast in it. So I pray, dear God, that he, he continues to bless them and keep them in his care and they continue to bring us more and more of God's word that we can learn and keep. Amen. I praise the Lord for a lot of things and I praise him. Um, I had told Jackie a couple weeks ago that I had, I have a yearly um, like visit with the doctor 
a um, whole bunch of specialists and they go over things and um, and it just makes me know that God created God is Jehovah Rapha for one he is the healer and um, if I could just go over some of the details but I won't of how God worked in when I had cancer I, I just can I'm just just I just cannot believe how he worked and what he did but I praise him for that um, and then I like to thank the Lord for the call-in program on yesterday that was just for those of you who did not come out I'm telling you it's the number one thing going on right now um, it is out there reaching the world for Christ I mean that's big and we talk to people our group each group talked to at least four or five people about who Jesus is and the power of his resurrection and what we're doing on the corner of 35th all through Jesus. Now that is something, that's phenomenal. So if you miss it, I'm telling you, you want to get on this. You want to come next Saturday <laughs> and be with us and join us because we had, just talking to people, what we found that, I remember when we used to knock on doors before, we used to say, um, if you were to die today, where, where would you be? Most people would say hell, or they would say, oh, I, you know, I don't go to church. Or Most people that we talked to yesterday said they were going to heaven. They don't have a concept of, uh, so it, it was, it was, that was really telling. It was knock on the door, where do you, oh, heaven? You, have, you go to church? No. Do you, you know the Lord is just, No. But it's because the gospel, someone was saying, has been watered down and it's flowery and Jesus is, you know, high and love and wearing sandals and things like that, that they don't understand that eternity is forever, you know. And so we are out there talking. We were out there talking. So you could have that opportunity too. So I'm just encouraging you to think about that. That was, it was very eye-opening. And, um, you know, a lot of them said we don't go to church anywhere. So um, we pray for that. And then um, when um, Lawrence talked about the music ministry, it is a blessing because I always think about, you know, um, I'm just, that's going to pull her out, Chantel, but Chantel comes right after work, after working as a nurse. I was a nurse. I know that's not easy work. That's both mind and physical strength, all the full hours that you're there. And she comes right after work, and she comes in, hi, Aunt Mickey just smiling and ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. And then the choir comes in and they're ready to go. So I praise the Lord for that because a lot of these mega churches that their, their music ministry is all paid there. I mean, um, they're on staff there. So this is all volunteers, people knowing how great God is and all we want to do is give him back. We couldn't ever repay him for what he's done, but we do in our ministry. So I praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. <coughs> okay, go ahead. Um, I had to give a, I mean, I just had to give a testimony. I'm, I don't have a, um, a big testimony, but I just had to say that I'm still thankful for how God is working in my life. Um, lately, I um, just haven't been <laughs> the nicest person or just not as happy just because Okay, I'm trying not to cry, just clip. Okay, um, I haven't been as happy just because things haven't been going the way that I expected them to go, basically. But God blessed me with a job, and now I'm just not as content with this job just because of how things are going or how things are changing with it 
that I was told, you know, was, was gonna go differently. Um, I'm not gonna go into full details about it, but I just haven't been as content, and your message today just really convicted me. And I, I always, I am thankful for conviction because it helps me grow, and it makes me better, so I'm not always happy with conviction, but I do, I do enjoy getting it sometimes just because I know it's, <laughs> I, I, I have to grow in that area. So um, just to think of how sometimes I, I say to my boss, um, why are you working 24-7 like that? She worked um, Sunday, which she worked every single day. And she worked from 6 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. every single day. And she told me how she couldn't go to church anymore because of the hours that she worked in. I'm just like, you always say that you can't do anything with this money. So what are you holding on to something? You working so hard for something and just holding on to it, you can't use it. But then I had to look at myself sometimes because it's like, okay, you working just as hard and you trying to hold on to this money or spend it in ways where you shouldn't, maybe you maybe don't need that or you trying to hold on to it to do something that you feel is better than um, giving more at church or whatever. But I just feel like, um, I mean, it just really convicted me today and just thinking of how um, <laughs> I, I just haven't been really that happy just because of the things that I'm saying, my job and how things are working out with my family, how um, Breon left and how he was just taken and um, just the fact that Riley dad actually did win that case and she do have to go with him every summer. So it's just a little, I mean, I don't express every single thing, but it's just some things I just, not happy or don't understand like why did it have to happen that way so y'all can just pray for me in that area and mm -hmm. i mean i was thankful though for your message brian so i do have to say that amen amen you know when i when i prepare to um preach god's word or when i do any studying of god's word um first off it's a joy to be used um i talk to dad about this a lot but i get to um teach and preach a lot um, and so and I'm not saying this um, I just say this is a thanks to God because I get to teach Sunday school on a regular basis in Sunday school uh, you get a six week time to discuss a topic so it's fast I get to teach on Wednesday to meditation and that's slow I get to teach on Thursday, my Bible study, and we go through whatever pace we want to go through. We have people who are really serious about God's word. Now we're um, going through it. We're stretching each other with our studies in our Thursday night Bible study, and that's good. And then I get to do sermons. And each kind of way of preparing for God's word and going through it stretches me. Now, and I don't say that so, though that anybody else should be um, convicted by that because everybody is called to a different level of God's word, not in regards to how good you are at it, but simply how much time you can deal with it. Um, that's my calling as a teacher and as a preacher to get into God's word like that. But when I was going through this passage, I was convicted about the fear of man. And I don't consider myself to be too much of a person that's afraid of anybody, but I'm convicted on the job. Why am I doing what am I doing, right? I don't want to be late because the boss will see me. 
all right, I did this project. I better make sure the boss see it. Well, what am I doing? Am I really fearing God or am I fearing man? You know, if you fear God, you don't have place for fear of man. So I was thinking about that. Like, am I fearing God enough? I'm not fearing God enough. If I feared God, I wouldn't, I would do even more than what I'm doing. So it's a higher standard to fear God instead of man. So I really believe that. Now, I was looking into some things. Also, we often think about the fear of God, and we try to soften it a little bit and make it respect. But I really do think it's fear. Because he didn't mention something that just inspires respect. He mentioned hell. And hell should make us afraid. So I really do think it is fear. You know, my kids, they respect me, but you know, they are afraid of a spanking. And if they're not afraid of a spanking, I'm not giving a good enough spanking. And so we should be afraid of some aspects of God. But we lose our fear as we obey him. See, if we believe God, then we know rightfully that we deserve the punishment from God. And so we should be afraid of God, but we lose our fear of God as we obey God and we know we're doing what's right. But when we do things that are wrong, we once again have fear. I believe that Adam was saved. But Adam, when he sinned, he ran away from God. He was afraid of God, and I think sin inspires fear of God. Anyways, I think that's what I was convicted by as I go through. So sometimes, you know, when we preach it, we have to present it as strong. I don't want anybody to be fooled and think, okay, now he thinks that he has mastered this. Uh, no, that's not the case. When we preach God's word, though, the burden on the preacher is hard because you got to say to yourself, I got to preach it the way God wants me to preach it. But then you thinking to yourself, I'm nowhere near where you want me to be, God. But hey, you got to preach it, right? And that's the danger of preaching it. Now you got to do it. So now if y'all see me out there going out there and doing what I said I wasn't going to preach against, but that's a good thing. It put weight on me, don't it? It's like, hey, man, you better be up on your game. Anyways, we're going to be in Luke 11 tonight. As I was going through um, preparation for preaching, I knew I was going to preach on Luke, and I didn't know what chapter. And so I had kind of like a NCAA tournament bracket, and Luke 12 won, but Luke 11 was second. Now, Luke 11, we don't have time to go through all of it, but we'll go through what sections we can go through, and we'll just knock it down section by section until our time is over. Well, the first section that I'm going to read is the first 13 verses. It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which one of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now Luke 11 is a little bit different than Luke 12. Luke 12 is really is about the ills of human religion. But it does kind of peel back the curtain of what's going on in heaven. But Luke 11 is all about that. Luke 11 is all about peeling back the curtain of what is really going on in the spiritual world when we do things in the physical world. And so the first part of it is talking about prayer. So he goes through the Lord's Prayer. He teaches them how to pray. Now the prayer that he gives, the thing that I note about it is very short and it doesn't have any flowery words in it at all. And that's hard. Because we think when we do something like that that we didn't give God enough. I really do believe that when people do flowery stuff, Part of it is pushing it on themselves, but part of it is like they think to themselves, I'm talking to God. If I was talking to a king, I would put some flowery in there, right? So I'm going to be more flowery. But Jesus is like, don't bother with that. Be simple. In it, I think some of the keys to this prayer talk about some of the contentment and some of the lack of hypocrisy and some of the things that we see in chapter 12, but just in a slightly different way, right? Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. That's a weird prayer. Because we often think that we ourselves will get our bread for ourselves out of our refrigerators or out of our cupboard, and we'll work hard for our bread. But Jesus says we should think of the bread, even though we work for it, as coming from God. And what we ought to realize is that in the spiritual world, when we receive good things, who do they come from? They come from God. We have to pull back the curtain and look to where do things really come from. We can fool ourselves into thinking that we provide our own bread, but Jesus says, pray each day, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Every day, pray, forgive us our sins, and we will forgive those who are indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he starts to go into some different aspects of prayer. But he just simply, the principle that he has is this. If you don't ask for it, you can't get it. That's really what he just boiled it down to, right? He said, hey man, just because you're bold enough to ask for something, you might get it. So therefore, you may as well ask. And I think we always, and this is one thing I always used to do, you know, I was learning how to talk to girls, and you'd be like, okay, I wish I wouldn't have asked this girl out at this time. I got to set the game up like this. And if I had set it up like that, or if I had approached from this angle instead of that angle, and we always think about how are we going to set up the asking. That's what me and my friends used to worry about all the time as we went out there. How do we set up the asking? That's what game theory is for us 
wannabe players out there when we were single. But anyways, God says, just ask. Just ask. Don't try to set it up. You know, I always hate when I hear somebody doing a setup to ask for something. I already know what you're going to ask me for. The answer is no, okay? Uh, but you hear people setting you up for a question. But Jesus says, don't try to set God up. Just ask it. Ask, and it will be given. To everyone who asks, he will receive. And then the question is, where do good things come from? They come from God. If we know how to give good stuff to our kids, doesn't God know how to give good stuff to us? So then, that's the first principle of the spiritual things is, good things come from God. All good things come from God. Even things by which we could fool ourselves and say, I got it for me, actually came from God. And if we really look into that matter long enough, we will see that this is the case. How many people do we know that have good things, but they cannot enjoy them? So then in the next section, he starts talking about demons. And you might say, how oh, this related to the first, but it's related because he's talking about what is going on behind the curtain in the spiritual world we can't see. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Elzebub, the prince of demons. While others to test him kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Odd passage. But he's talking about things that are behind the curtain. And what does he say? He cast out this demon, and they say, well, you cast out this demon with the power of demons. He just has to say, you guys are idiots. Right? Isn't that what he said? You guys are idiots. If Satan could be divided like that, he'd have been defeated by it. He wouldn't even need me. You wouldn't need no savior if Satan was fighting Satan. I always marvel what these movies where demons is plotting against demons and stuff, and they betraying each other and all this. Do you really think Satan runs such a loose kingdom as that? Do he allow us to be that loose? When you under his reign, do he allow you to be loose like that? Not at all. Satan does not allow his forces to fight his forces. The reason why a Muslim will kill a Buddhist is because that's his eternal security. Death is Satan's eternal security. Once you're dead, you can't go to heaven. So he says, okay, if I'm casting them out by the demons, who are your sons casting them out by? 
They're like, oh, man. How are they casting them out? You said they also got demons too? And it goes into, in chapter 12, when we talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, if we know an act is being done by God and we therefore call it evil, we call God evil. And if we call God evil, knowing who we are calling evil, that's not a forgivable thing. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a person, he talks about this. If I was to remove a spirit without the power of God, the person would end up worse than they began. What he's talking about is this. You got to have a home. Somebody has to make a home. Again, he talks about it earlier. He says, for a strong man, fully armed. In other words, you can't take what somebody else got unless you're stronger than them. And don't expect to beat Satan unless you got somebody stronger than Satan. And who's stronger than Satan? Only God. Now, people might say, well, Michael's strong. No, he's not, because Satan is the strongest angel. There's only one being that is consistently stronger than Satan. That is God. In the last passage we'll look at today, because that's all we have time, is verse 27 and 28. I always think of the Catholic Church when I read these verses. As he said these things, the woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast of which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Right? I think what we can do is we can try to go. And Jesus, one thing, if you go through the book of Luke, you'll find Jesus seems to be quite a sarcastic person in many ways because he don't like when people say stuff they just don't think about, but they try to say it and hope it's good. And people do that a lot, right? Well, whenever somebody says something thoughtless in front of Jesus, Jesus always will just immediately turn on that. And so they come to Jesus, oh, blessed is your mother, you know, and they give a flowery phrase for his mother. He's like, no, blessed are those who keep my word. And the whole point is it is, it's really simple to understand the blessings of where God's word comes from. The blessing comes from God's word. It doesn't come from being related to Jesus. It doesn't come, people always say, you know, I was talking to this dude the other day when we was at the mission. He was talking about, you know, you got to watch out for the Edomites. All right. So he went through this long thing about who the Edomites was. And I was trying to draw him out because I knew he didn't want to say it. But in reality, what he wanted to say is that all white people was going to hell. But he didn't want to put it in those terms. So he was trying to tell me who the Edomites was. And I was trying to draw him out because I already knew where his argument was going. But he was just saying how the Bible says you got to be, you know, you got to watch out for the Edomites and this and that. And people don't realize the oppressed people. That's who Jesus came to save and this and that. And he's going through all this deep stuff. And I just told him, listen, you don't have to figure all that out if you realize that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved. Then it don't matter if you're an Edomite or if you're a Jew. Because you'll be saved if you believe in Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, well I mean, uh, you know, you might have a point with that, but, you know, you got to think about the Edomites was red, and who do we know that got red when they get mad? You know, that's... Okay. You know, and then when people do stuff like that, I always try to act like I don't know. No, I don't know. Tell me more. Sounds so intelligent, you know. So I'm trying to draw this guy out, but... uh. 
Anyway, people get on spiritual tangents, and what happens is I think they delve themselves and they put their head into the wall and do something completely stupid, when in reality, a lot of times the spiritual principles are very simple. Think of it this way. Jesus was rejected by the people who had doctorate degrees, but his disciples were fishermen and carpenters, and the most educated person he had was a tax collector. God's word is not so complex. If we try to make it so complex that it goes over everybody's head, it's probably wrong. Jesus said it another way. He said, you gave God's word to the babes, to the babies, to the children, to the poor. We need to be able to give God's word in a very simple way. That's one of the things people, not to get political, but one of the things that's advantage of somebody who breaks things down simply. When you talk about the president, one of the things he does is when he talks about something, he put it really simple. The advantage of that is that everybody can get that. And that's what we need to do. We sometimes will get so complex that we forget that people were saved not by this complex 10-point outline. They were saved. Jonah saved people by going, repent or Nineveh is overthrown. How hard a message is that? John the Baptist, repent and be baptized. Jesus, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't need a complex message. We don't even need the Romans road. We just need to tell people to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. He died on a cross and rose again in three days. Repent and believe in him. He died for you. There is a such thing as hell. We got to start with hell, I believe. Because people don't believe in hell. We got to start with hell first. And then push people and say, through God's word, we have salvation. But people don't need salvation if there's no hell. We got to start there, amen? Well, that's all we got time for. If we had time to go to the end, I would show you how all this tied into um, the spiritual eye behind the curtain. But that's why this is number two on the list. Amen. But let's uh, close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to delve into your word. Pray that you just bless us to understand more and more your truths. Help us to grow in your truth and not to be satisfied where we are now. In your name we pray. Amen.